I'm Christina Gerakides, co-CEO of Singularity U Australia and committed to making the seemingly impossible possible. Singularity U Australia stands at the intersection of the values of humanity with the value of technology. Inspire for Five is a place where we have conversations with inspirational entrepreneurs, community leaders and representatives of organisations who are boldly creating a future by design. The good, the bad, the warts and the inspiration. We are leading the way to be the change we want to see in the world. Conversations that bring to light the magic that is happening on a daily basis all over the globe. Episode of Inspire for Five, where we're going to cut through some med tech. Please welcome Kesley Kearns, who is Operations Director, Teledermatologist, and of Medi Specialist. Kesley, welcome, and you also are a dear friend uh, of Singularity U Australia. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Christina. It's great to be here, and uh, look forward to um, to chatting with you today and just sharing you sharing with you our journey at this stage. Yeah, and it's quite a remarkable journey. It is a long title, Kesley. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I really would like to point out to our listeners um, and what you clearly have taken advantage of is that during the time of COVID, we've actually managed to cut into a lot of med tech and cut out of a lot of the red tape, the bureaucracy that potentially was taking a long time to cut through. So as we've said, wouldn't wish the COVID pandemic on anyone, anytime, anywhere. However, it has produce some silver linings. Um, when did you actually start this journey? Before we get into your five points of inspiration, when did you start the teledermatologist medi specialist journey? That's right. So I joined a team of two who started the journey four years ago. Um, and I started two years ago with them. Uh, and they'd been really putting a lot of effort into working out how to manage patients just digitally. Uh, the uh, not only patient records safely and digitally, but also how to manage a patient's experience digitally. Um, and, and with that, the technology stacks that are required to ensure the patient's experience is not only one where they feel safe, secure, and they trust the system, but they feel cared for on the journey. And so really trying to study into the patient journey and how they feel when they get to a standard practice, how that experience of feeling safe and secure and connected, uh, working with a coordinator or, or receptionist through that journey, and then getting into that consultation where they feel that they're being listened to, uh, their experience is meaningful, and they come away with an outcome that they can um, you know, really feel that that's something that they need. It is specific to them. Um, so it's taken us a while to craft that, but in specific how we try and stack up that technology to ensure that that journey and experience and feeling is there. And one, I know that one of your passions through your work with us is the user experience, uh, and that's very important. So we've basically touched on the first point of inspiration, um, that safety, that security, um, that teleconference services offer. How have you gone about ensuring that? Mm, great question. So lots of research um, around the world. There's this uh, thing called HIPAA compliance. So it's not, there's, there's versions of it here in Australia, but we've made sure all of our systems and processes are compliant with those standards, ensuring that patients' records are safe and secure the whole way through the journey. That's 
all information we gather from the patient up front or from their medical center, wherever in the country they're from, as well as that conversation, that face-to-face -face conversation, that transmission is safe and secure all the way through. Uh, and that's part of our patient care and that's part of the trust that we build with our patients. So can I ask you, because I've had several teleconferences or have heard, have, you know, friends um, and family that have been involved in teleconferences. Some of them have been on the phone, some of them have been over, over the web. Uh, some of the, the transmissions, some of the platforms that have been used are not very clear. Some of them are, are very simple and easy to use. Is yours a platform or are you the holder of the information? What exactly is, is the business? Great question. So what we are is uh, where we facilitate, much as you would go to a specialist's clinic and you would see your specialist, we are effectively a digital clinic. So we have a technology stack of a, a range of highly specific medically grade technologies that we've stacked together and integrated in such a way that the patient experience is such that they um, provide us their details before the consultation, often referrals. Uh, we, we test drove our user experience and this model, which is a many specialists um, is our next um, model moving forward. But teledermatologist is a telehealth uh, focused dermatology practice. Um, and effectively what we've done there is we work with medical centers around regional Australia predominantly those medical centers who would have to send their patients to a major city. Waitless, uh, wait times can be up to six to eight months. Uh, patients often have to take days off work. They have to drive hundreds of thousands of kilometers or get a flight. Hotel stays, often there's taxi fares and all that for a 20 to 30 minute consultation. Often they have to then come back months later to have a follow-up consultation. So in our tech stack, we've mimicked the patient journey, the patient experience, and we've tried to create a situation where a GP out in Whoop Whoop can refer on to a teledermatologist. Within 48 hours, the patient will have a, an appointment. Um, we can push that back to two weeks or further, whatever suits. The patient would send us through photographs of the condition, as well as any other information that pertains to their history. Um, and then we would facilitate that conversation, that consultation with a dermatologist. Um, and we have dermatologists around the country, which would then be connected via a safe, secure teleconference conversation. Um, some of the things that we have found happen is that um, patients, um, so we have a coordinator that makes sure that, that handshake or that consultation occurs seamlessly. So they'll get in contact with the patient, they'll be online just as we are now, and then they'll invite the dermatologist into that consultation. However, we've had cases where we've had patients driving and wanting to take digital telehealth consultations, or our favorite was on the back of a motorbike. So we always, <laughs> we always say, please, 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 safe, secure in a quiet area where you feel um, comfortable is primary because um, our due diligence to ensure patient care is held to the highest level is essential and the back of a motorbike doesn't quite cut it all behind a vehicle at any stage. So thank goodness our coordinator's there because she was able to say, look, um, you know, pull over, 
make sure you're safe and secure and then let's proceed so it's um we have had some very interesting cases the other one was a consultation where we couldn't work out why the audio wasn't working and what was happening was the patient was in their house within bluetooth of their car and every time a consultation occurred their car was picking up the audio so the conversation was occurring in the car but the face-to-face -face interaction was occurring on their ipad so there's, there's fun little nuances like that, but our really our best form of care occurs where either a patient receives a referral from their GP and then days later they go back to their GP and they sit with either the, the GP or a registered nurse. And what's happening in many situations is um, these regional medical centers are opening up um, what they deem to call, um, let me look at the word right now, I've got it to a teleconference patient uh, rooms. And so they set up with computers, they set up with uh, audio uh, and the like, and, um, and you're able to have that consultation, not only with the trust and care of their family GP in the room or a registered nurse, but then the specialists online. So that GP or registered nurse could perform the physical palpations and um, take cues from the specialist. Um, and feed that back to the specialist, but also important information in the face-to-face -face consultation, such as where do they live? What humidity uh, is in the area? What foods do they eat? Are they in mining areas? Do they work on a farm? All these nuances to questions which result in chemical exposure, allergies, um, humidity-related ailments. All of these pieces of information are important cues to ensure this, in this case, the the dermatologist can make the correct call and, um, and prescribe the correct medication, which is sent to your local um, pharmacy. But then this tech stack and information has been leveraged to develop uh, this Medi Specialist brand, which has got a bigger, broader base of specialists. And that's, that's really the requirement and call from the market is saying, dermatology is great. However, we need more. We need a lot more. Um, we, this idea of health equity is very important across the country. What tends to happen is as people um, move further and further away from the cities, so their exposure or access to medical specialists drop. And, uh, and what tends to happen is people retire and they move away and they want to live a quiet lifestyle. And those retirement years tend to bring you know, ailments of some sort. And then they spend many, many days backwards and forwards driving to and from big cities. So if we're able to support them by either supporting them at their medical center or at their home with access to a specialist, we're saving them time, we're saving them money, we're providing them instantaneous access and we're reducing the, the pressure uh, placed upon their family and their surrounding um, support systems just because they have access to the right information, knowledge and special skills at the right time. So that was a bit of a rant. Apologies. Yeah, well, and you've actually gone through some of your five points of inspiration. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll revisit some of them. But you've actually taken the friction. We'd say we, you've taken the friction out of um, out of the whole experience. And congratulations, because dermatology is one of the hardest things to, uh, in my experience, is one of the hardest things to diagnose, to get to the bottom of, to to source. So congratulations for biting off one of the hardest um, the hardest things to identify. Uh, and that may may not be true for some dermatologists, but it, it certainly has been in, in my experience with any dermatology. SAS patient management systems. Can you just mm -hmm. explain to the listeners 
what SAS is and how you've gone about developing um, the patient management system because it is part of that journey. Yes, yes. So it's software as a service, SAS, uh, and cloud-based particularly. And so because our dermatologists and going forward other specialists are based all around the country, um, we have to be able to provide access to them through multi-factor authentication, which ensures that it's safe and secure, requiring multi-barriers to get into the platform. But then they can access that information so that they can be ready to have a face-to-face -face consultation online with that patient. So it provides access to patient files, patient photographs, patient information, wherever they are in the country. So that when we, when our coordinator facilitates that consultation, that conversation can occur and the specialist has access to all the information or the patient history as required. It also allows them to update patient notes uh, and we can send letters directly to their GP uh, after the consultation, uh, as well as send scripts out to their local pharmacy. So it's a very important piece of the whole puzzle and making sure that's safe and secure, um, accessible, but also accessibly, accessible safely is very important. Uh, so patient security and safety is, um, is essential throughout this whole journey. And that whole record privacy um, issue that a lot of people are actually struggling or some people are struggling with um, at the moment. The GPs are actually seeing the benefits um, referring patients to telehealth services developing that trust via a camera. And, and we have said before that this is just the medium. It, it's how the interaction occurs. It's yeah. the sincerity and the authenticity with which the, the interactions occur. Uh, how are GPs finding developing that trust through a resource that they particularly may not be used to using? Great question. And to be honest, it's been slow. Um, the journey has been one of continually reaching out to regional medical centers. Our focus has been there because of that health equity um, disbalance. Uh, just Australia is such a big country and to, to be able to provide that service uh, we found was essential. Um, but in that, ensuring that we had educational programs available to not only GPs, but the practice managers and the reception team. So when we engaged with them, they felt a sense of comfort. So um, COVID has been, we wouldn't wish this a pandemic on anybody or to <laughs> repeat of this ever again, but in terms of the use of teleconference technology to solve problems around the world, but in particular in the health industry has been essential to help break down those barriers. And because we use safe, secure technology and we always are you know, try to push that as, as a forefront, it has uh, broken down barriers quite heavily. But the key is that we do, um, we do uh, you know, once we start to work with GPs and practice managers and the reception team, they work out how easy it is and how effective it is. Um, and then what happens is the patient has a great experience and they go away and they tell their friends about it. And so we used to have, you know, the referrals trickled in, to be honest, when we first started, and it is building at an exponential rate. So we are ex enjoying the journey. We're very excited with the journey. We've just brought in a new team member, which is very exciting. Um, and that the plan is to continue to accelerate this in a way where we can offer a broader range of services, specialist services across the country uh, to our current base of, of specialists. And in fact, I'd like to, if, if we have a moment, touch on one point. We, we had a case, and I've changed the name here just for, to protect patient details, but we had a six-month-year-old baby, which we lovingly called Little Lockie. 
and little Lucky is living in Mount Gambia, and uh, little Lucky was covered in a terrible rash that the local GP couldn't diagnose. Um, the, the, the standard method of recovery for that would be sending little Lucky uh, with a referral to Melbourne or Sydney, where the wait times would be six to eight months. Uh, parents would have to take days off work, fly to Melbourne and Sydney, stay in a hotel, catch a cab, and again, as I mentioned earlier on, for a 20 or 30 minute consultation. Um, that would have been, meant a crying baby for months on end, a crying baby on the plane, um, discomfort and sleepless nights for folks, not to mention the cost. We were able to, within 48 hours, have that consultation at their trusted GP, with their trusted GP in the room, prescribe the right medication to little Lockie, and within two weeks, the whole rash had cleared up. So, um, you know, when, when stories like that come to the forefront and parents share that with their family and friends um, you can't help but get more and more referrals and, and gps love it when their patients get results quickly easily and um and in in a with a feeling of, of care and this is also where we see um that technology is is it's so valuable and it's good and it takes away from the arguments of yes but what about my privacy and what about this because there are two sides um, to everything there's the pros and the cons for everything and as we always say um, at SU it's the human behind the tech that decides to either break in break into your records etc or the wonderful experience that you had with um, baby Lockie and I can just imagine being his parents and being so grateful for the rapidity that that happened the expense that it saved me but mostly the time that that my child didn't have to go through and suffer. So, you know, the, these are the stories that we love hearing uh, where technology has been absolutely used for good, particularly in a medical scenario. So you did mention earlier that the regional medical centres, um, the rooms are improving. Mm -hmm. uh, the rooms being self-funded, are we finding government funding uh, happened because of COVID, because we needed to maintain medical services uh, in the regional areas? How did that, how did that come about? Mm -hmm. So in some cases, there was funding. Uh, in a lot of cases, medical centres are just seeing the benefit of being able to offer a greater range of specialist services to their patients. So in some cases, it can come down to just competitive advantage. Um, if I have a medical centre next door to each other and one offers access to a range of medical specialists and the other one doesn't, um, you're more likely to attract more patients if you have access to these specialists. So uh, in a lot of cases, the rooms don't have to be awfully sophisticated, an iPad or an, uh, a laptop with a camera. Um, some are getting quite sophisticated. Um, and so it just depends on the budgetary requirements. Uh, and some, some rooms are juggled with GPs. So the GP might just open up their laptop. Uh, the beautiful thing about the world we live in right now is that um, these GPs and registered nurses have a Medicare item number that they can claim on. So not only are they then referring a patient back to themselves where they have this Medicare item number, um, but the patient gets a Medicare rebate and that's currently stated 150% off, which makes it sound like they're getting money back from it. But that's not the way it is. It's, it's actually an extra 25% um, off the, the additional, the 100% they currently get. So they get a, a greater discount for using telehealth services that the medical um, specialists get paid through the system, the patient gets a discount, the patient gets the service, 
and a diagnosis. And it really is a win-win-win throughout. And, and it, you know, another story we have is, you know, we've treated a number of 16-year-old um, girls with terrible acne. Um, uh, it was way out in, in the outback, no access to a, a specialist, being able to access Roaccutan from a dermatologist so that they can uh, resolve the acne condition. Um, you know, we as um, as directors of this of this business model really find that although we aren't on the forefront delivering the service, our skill sets, uh, our intuitions, and our passion for all for this model has allowed us to deviate. If if that sixteen year old's life was going at that angle, we could change this deviation at ten degrees by providing access to specialists at the right time in their life, that 10 degrees can continue exponentially throughout their life to completely change the trajectory of their outcomes. Um, and if for us to have a tiny little piece of a, a little uh, something that could make that change, you know, that makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck and that you know, makes all this effort worthwhile. Because it is, I mean, the, the, that that self confidence issue with a sixteen year old and and uh, acne. I remember that somewhere in my deep, distant, dark past, and I had a lot of friends. So yes, clearly that you know that what that does for self confidence um, and to to lift people is quite remarkable. And as you say, it's what you give and, and the results that you see of lives being improved that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Uh, our last point of um, of inspiration is that patient trust is increasing towards telehealth services. Are you finding um, in particular that that's happening with younger generations as opposed to older generations or is that across the board? Definitely younger generations are much more open to telehealth. Um, although we are finding when once patients have had their first consultation um, and their older, elder patients, um, so we also provide the service to um, uh, uh, nursing homes, uh, aged care facilities, um, as well as prisons. And uh, uh, so that this, you know, we don't just limit our market, but the idea is that when you have somebody in a nursing home who's able to sit with a registered nurse on an iPad and have a consultation um, and then feel empowered enough to do it on their own on the second consultation, that's quite something. Now that, that's a far reach um, to be honest, we would love it to be that simple, but there are cases where we're having uh, elderly individuals in regional Australia who've had consultations with us face-to-face -face, um, and it's made a massive difference to their life because they've been able to do it from home, from their iPad. Uh, a few other benefits we've had is um, we've had busy professionals. So imagine lawyers, accountants, busy doctors, just busy professionals out there in the world um, you know, adding value in whatever way they add value, but they don't have time to take that, you know, to go to the GP, get a referral, wait that period of time, then go to the specialist. Uh, we have a service where they can book in straight away um, online uh, for a direct consultation without a referral. Um, and for them, they can then book a private meeting room and have that consultation face to face. And specifically when it's something stress induced and that's impacting your performance, uh, and you can have a consultation and find a, a, a resolution, that again makes a difference to people's lives. And so, um, you know, t trust is improving across the board. Um, and, you know, thanks to, you know, mediums like this, Christina, where you're allowing us to share our story, that helps us um, develop more and more trust with people out there. So thank you.
Thank you, Kesley, and thank you for a, all the work you do. You're very much involved with technology. You're very much involved with SU, um, our values, everything align very closely. Love what you're doing in this um, medtech space, and we'll look forward to catching up maybe in six months' time to see um, where you've actually taken it in that amount of time. So thank you so much for sharing that story with us today. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody. We look forward to your company on our next Inspire for Five podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Inspire for Five, the Singularity U Australia podcast. We look forward to your company again on the next podcast. And in the meantime, we'd like to give a big shout out to our founding partner, Deloitte.